Welcome to the Beyond Mom Podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Brandy Zinn, as she takes you Beyond Mom. Hi, everyone. Welcome to On Air with Beyond Mom. I'm so happy that you're giving your precious time to listen in and to be inspired um, towards your own health and wellness and inspiration and tools for living the best life that you can. And this is Randy. I'm the Beyond Mom founder. And today I have someone here that I'm very excited to get to know and chat with. Her name is Mimi Benz. She is an L.A.-based mom, first of all, and second of all, um, really interesting entrepreneur. She's the owner of The Sweatshop, which is the only heated cycling studio in the U.S. Hard to believe because cycling is so interesting and big to so many people, um, and so is heat. But the combination of the two, I want to hear more about it, and we're going to. Um, Mimi's lived around the world, and she comes from a family of athletes, an Olympian grandfather, which is kind of a fascinating fact. And so it's not a surprise that she's found, you know, movement and fitness and really built a lifestyle upon it. Um, she's obviously a beyond mom. So uh, welcome. So glad you're here, Mimi. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. Um, so I'm just going to dive in with some questions. I've been reading, obviously, getting ready for today's interview. I've been reading about the sweatshop. And um, again, only heated cycling studio in the U.S. And as many of you know who follow me, I love indoor spinning. I'm in New York. I'm a big soul cycle person. Um, but the heat part is new to me, I admit. So tell me how you feel that the combination of spinning and the heat and what like really differentiates the sweatshop, how that has enhanced the mind-body connection for so many of the people that are enjoying the sweatshop experience? Uh, well, first and foremost, um, it's an intimidating concept. So, you know, people walk in and they're immediately, the heat is in their face. And um, so that takes a lot of mental energy to kind of overcome to begin with. But once you start with the workout, um, you know, it's almost like a, like a guided movement meditation process because you have to really separate yourself from the heat a little bit to kind of get into the class. And then when you, when you, when you finish, um, you feel like a total badass because, you know, you, you felt that you, you, you got through it. It's intense, um, but it also leaves you feeling really detoxified. You know, um, the, the feeling of the sweat is, I think, very addicting to people. Um, but it's the it's the first class that's intimidating for most. But once people get over that fear factor, they realize that it's really not that bad. And there's a science to it. So it's not like we're just, you know, cranking the heat just to try to, you know, intensify our workout. There's there's a science behind everything that we do. Give us give us quickly what's the what's the science in like thirty seconds. So the science is the heat actually boosts athletic performance. So once you acclimate and the body gets used to it, your body becomes more efficient. You'll burn more calories. You know, your body will, um, you know, you sweat more efficiently to cool the body. Um, and then you'll get stronger in all of your other workouts as well. So on your site, 
there is a quote. We are talking about the philosophy of the sweatshop. And the quote says that we believe that an athlete exists inside every single person, but to unleash your inner athlete, you have to train like one. And I agree with that because I think you do in many ways in fitness and in business sometimes have to, in a sense, fake it till you make it or push yourself mentally and physically into what maybe you think you are not yet capable of doing. And so I know that both as a as an athlete, but also as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's creating something that's new, that's innovative, that has a particular philosophy, you know, you have to you have to push into places that maybe you hadn't touched before. So I wanted you to share a little bit with our listeners about those challenges and successes for yourself. Yes. Um, the, the whole idea of heated spin is a scary idea. And it's, there were so many challenges. One, how do you sell that to somebody? And when you're the very first person who's doing it, how do you convince somebody to do that? Um, and I think first and foremost behind that philosophy is you, you need support around you regardless. So in the, in the room, you have your teachers that are motivating you. You know, we also have a very, you know, our people talk about our community of writers that support each other. We don't really, um, approach our classes from a competitive standpoint standpoint. It's more like, you know, a tribe. We're working out together. We're supporting each other, inspiring each other, motivating each other. And the same goes with business ownership. You know, I, I have the support of amazing family members. Um, Now I have a a really solid team of employees and, you know, teachers and partners that have helped me and supported me through this, this growth period. I really couldn't take it on and do it by myself. If I said that I could, I'd be lying to you. You need support. Um, So in any endeavor, this particular, you know, idea of heated spin, was um, definitely a scary thing. I, I was very tentative at first. We um, the first two years we had like half heated, half half non heated because we wanted to test it out and see how you know the the community would respond to it. And by year two, we phased all non heated classes out. So you know there there we we did approach it from a like logical place <laughs> and kind of testing it out. It was sort of a lot of trial and error the first two to three years. Uh, but now we've really owned our identity as a heated uh, workout. And um, But I couldn't have done it without the support and love of uh, friends, family, and, and you know, staff. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what has been some of the challenges that you faced? Uh, you know, I know for myself I could answer this question. Just um, I don't like to separate men and women when it comes to business building. But I do feel um, the more that I have conversations with women in business that there are certain challenges that we commonly face. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if there's any that really stand out for you that you would be open to talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, well, I'm a woman and I'm also a very young looking woman, not to brag. I have a very young face. So when we were first, you know, pursuing this business and adventure um it's business is very male dominated and it's hard to assert yourself um when you're a female when you're you know you when you look young and for us like a lot of the projects start off in like a lot of construction a lot of you know working with a lot of men so that was very challenging to get through to you know you really have to kind of show up and be tough and 
you know, assertive. And it's not always, men don't always respond to that in, you know, the, the most gentlest ways. Um, and then, you know, I think for our business type, oddly, ironically enough, is it's more, uh, you know, demographic wise, it draws more women in. And so we're always trying to pull the men in as well because, you know, men are always assuming it's the class is filled with women. And so we've, like, the first two years, we, 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 our brand was very, like, our, our aesthetic was more feminine and whatnot. And then we rebranded ourselves to kind of attract more men in. And now we're getting, you know, it's not 50-50, but we're, you know, it's less 90-10. You know, now we're, like, attracting more men because it's, it's a good workout. And, you know, men like to work out hard as well. So, um, yeah, those are the, like the two things. So it's just a matter of like asserting yourself as a young, you know, a woman who's ambitious, um, and you know, maybe certain circumstances that are more, you know, male dominated, like the construction world, which is, you know, now I've had to deal with that in two settings now, cause we, the first build out we did and now we, we have expanded and we're about to go into another project and I'm like, you know, bracing myself for that. But it's, it's definitely challenging, you know, having to talk to men who are used to just interfacing with men. <clears throat> but, you know, it just, it makes you stronger. That's all I can say. Yeah, no, that's, that's, for, that's sure. for sure. So let's talk motherhood because we are talking to a Beyond Mom community here. Tell us a bit about your family life and how you have managed to balance family and business. And, and it appears that you also do you work with your husband. We do. Yeah, I noticed that. So that's very interesting. And and just sort of like how the context of all of that has, has shaped you. Um, so I really started this business for my kids. Um, the moment I, I have two, I have a, a six-year-old and I have a, an 11-month-old. The moment I had my son, I you know decided I really wanted to do more. I kind of wanted to give more to my community, make more of myself, you know, um, really build something for them that I could leave to them, um, or have them be a part of in the future. And that's where this all started for me, you know, being a mom and having kids. Um, and then with, with both my husband and I were both self-employed. And so we've been very, you know, fortunate enough to kind of, um, really design our lives and schedules the way that we want. And, um, so, you know, it, it, it's very challenging because with business ownership, it's a boundary issue. So for us as a couple, we work together and it's like, when do you stop talking about work? You know, we don't clock out. We don't clock in. We're constant. It's just constant. So for us, the biggest challenge is just sort of creating boundaries. Okay. We don't talk about work after this this time of day. We spend time as a family at the table eating dinner. We put our phones away. You know, we don't address business um, emails after set hour. And it's something that we're constantly working on. And it's super challenging because you're so invested in what you're doing. And if there's two of you, <laughs> it's like double dose. Um, so, but for us, you know, I, my son started first grade last year. He started kindergarten. Before that, it was really challenging to kind of, you know, you need a lot of help, you know, with the kids while you're trying to build your business. You have to be there in, in the first few years. Your, your face has to be present. And right now we're at a, a place where the, the business sort of runs itself. 
and it's a, like a little well-oiled machine. So I, I can kind of separate myself a little bit more from the day-to-day and be more behind the scenes. So and that's, that's really great because then I can spend more time with my kids, you know, and I sort of want to be more, I'm a more of a hands-on mom. So I, I actually take my kids everywhere with me. I had a, a business meeting in Vegas like a month and a half ago and I took my, my baby with me. And the woman literally said to me, do you not have any help? And I said, no, I do. I just, I chose to take her with me. I wanted her with me for this trip. I think that it's manageable and I think that it's very empowering to, to include your family in the growth of your business and to have them there. I take my children with me to, to, to the shop. You know, people know my kids. Um, they're very much a part of what we do, and I wouldn't want to have it any other way. That's, you know, to me, so important, and especially when they're young like this. Like, I don't want to miss any, any moment. Um, I mean, I do, I do have help. You know, there are days where we need to have our date nights. You know, we have our babysitters come over and whatnot, but for the most part we do, they're, they're with us quite a bit. I love that. I love that. The other thing that I think is so wonderful. And I talk about this with a lot of other moms who are in business is the idea that not only do we do it for them and, you know, it just feels good to be around our kids most of the time, but also that we're inspiring them by our own example. And we're showing them what it means to build something you love and live out a dream and what it means to be inclusive of a family in a business. Um, There's no speech you could give that's more meaningful than just showing them what it looks like. My son has a, he's so funny. He has a little CEO shirt that he loves. And every time he goes with me to the shop, he puts it on because he wants everybody to know that he's the real boss and everybody laughs about it, but it's, it's true. It's like, I think by watching us do something together as a family, it just really sets the tone for them as, you know, as they mature and move through life to have watched their parents build something together and included them you know, it's something I think they're always going to look back on and, and remember fondly. And I and I would bet that it's probably going to shape their their endeavors in life as well. That's wonderful. So, you know, I admit like a little bit of um, my own curiosity just as a pregnant mama. And I know so many women are listening that are uh, pregnant for the first time or subsequent pregnancies. But um any tips in particular that you notice really work well for pregnant moms who want to stay connected to their fitness life? And that's, that's kind of like one piece of the question. And then also some of your favorite, you know, balance and finding time tips for working out when you're juggling your kids and your business life. Yes. Um, well, the general rule of thumb with fitness and pregnancy is whatever you were doing up until the point that you became pregnant is usually safe. So if you've been doing Pilates for years and years and years, you get pregnant, you can still continue doing Pilates. Granted, the, the, the trainer has to kind of modify the workouts as you get further along because you're not supposed to work, you know, certain, air, certain ab muscles. Same applies with like spinning, running, etc. And then for, and then after that information, applying that information to your decision-making with, in relation to working out, you have to listen to your body. If you're tired, fatigued, and just don't feel good doing whatever you're doing workout-wise, then it's probably not the best workout for you while you're pregnant. 
I carried, like with my daughter, I carried very low. So for me to take a spin class was just awkward. I didn't still ride on the bike. It just, I had all this pelvic pressure. So I just stuck to like running, uh, not running, walking and like hiking and things that felt better to my body. You know, I did Pilates and, and swimming, but I didn't do anything that didn't feel right. Yeah. Um, and then as, <laughs> the whole making time for your work, that's the biggest challenge. I even have that challenge owning a fitness business. I find myself sometimes going three to four days without being able to work out. And that, to me, frustrates me more than anything. I'm like, how did this happen? I, you know, I own a fitness business and I can't work out. Um, I think, if anything, creating a schedule and just sticking with it. You know, don't make excuses on, I didn't, like, for me, my, you know, my daughter one night, oh, she got, she woke up every three, four hours. I got, like, maybe three to four hours of broken sleep. I don't really want to work out right now. Just do it. Because if you let that kind of stuff get in the way, you know, more and more things are going to come up. So just create a schedule for yourself. My husband says this to me all the time. And stick with it. And that's the only way I've been able to kind of be consistent. And, you know, and then also don't beat yourself up if you can't get it done. Right. Because that only sets you back further. Yes. Mentally it does. Yeah. You know, yeah. you feel defeated. You feel like you're not making any progress. But, you know, things happen and you just have to keep moving forward and just forgive yourself and just move on. But, you know, just try your best always. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's all great wisdom. And especially for pregnant moms, um, you know, there's a lot out there. And, and I love especially that you are in the fitness business and you give the advice of, you know, you just got to do what works. Um, there's women out there that run marathons pregnant, which is just unbelievable. Um, I'm like you. Uh, this is my second pregnancy now and very low, a lot of pressure, pretty uncomfortable. And so I did the things that I could do. Um, I've actually pretty much stopped my workouts now because we're like headed in that direction. Yeah. But, um, you know, you know, when the moment is the moment. Yeah. So I think it's great that you kind of empower women to listen to that. It's important. With my daughter, I remember taking a spin class. I think I was five, six months pregnant. And I halfway through, I was like, I'm done. And I got off the bike and that was it. I didn't spin again until like postpartum, got the clearance from the doctor and everything. I was yeah. done. And I own a spinning studio. But I was, I, my body just said, no, this doesn't feel right. I'm uncomfortable. And it's fine. You know, I think that a, women put a lot of pressure on themselves while they're pregnant to kind of keep in shape. Yeah, you want to be healthy. Yeah, you want to keep moving. But enjoy the, the process, you know. Your body's going through a tremendous, there's a lot of energy going, you know, into creating another human. Give it the, the space and room to kind of do its thing and listen to it. If your body's like, go, let's go run a marathon, then go run a marathon if it feels good to you. But if it doesn't, that's okay. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so tell us, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, and granted, a lot of my listeners are in New York, although more and more in other places. I'm curious about Los Angeles, and of course, I've been there, but I've never raised kids there, and I've never been a beyond mom there. So tell us about what it's been like um, to feel, you know, like you're making your place in your community, both as a mom and a, and a businesswoman. Um, I have to be honest. It's really difficult to raise a family in Los Angeles. It's not my favorite city. Um, I think that it really is crucial that 
you become part of the community where your children go to school and getting getting to know the parents. Because the, the parents, we all make tremendous effort to kind of create environments within Los Angeles that are, are fun. And um, we're a very active outdoor outdoorsy kind of family. And L.A. just isn't geared towards that. You know, everybody's in their cars. Um, they're not, you know, square footage-wise, it's, you know, there aren't a lot of parks relative to the amount of space Los Angeles has. So there's not a lot of green space here. And, um, you, you know, your kids can't run around outside um, without being watched. Um, so for, for us as a family, that really bums us out. Um, and so it, we have to make tremendous effort to kind of uh, take them out, you know, and enroll them in extra curricular activities like soccer. My son's in gymnastics. I mean, it's like every day is accounted for in terms of what he does. Um, but there isn't a lot of uh, natural space within Los Angeles that really embraces families. Not that I've experienced and I was born and raised here. And part of the whole uh, desire or in, for me to, to open a business really came from this a place of, of wanting to be able to move more here. And I got a little taste of that when I lived in Europe for a few years. And their culture is just so physical. You know, they're, they're walking and, and biking everywhere. And then, you know, every season they embrace those seasons. So if it's wintertime, they're skiing constantly. And if in the summer they're, you know, hiking or they're swimming, and you know. So when I came back here, it was just depressing, <laughs> you know, like I just, I had that urge to want to kind of get out and do things and as a young teenager and, you know, this, this is just not the city for it. So I had, I just started taking like workout classes <laughs> and just got my energy out that way. So, you know, if, if it were up to me and we've talked about this as, as a family, I'd probably want to relocate somewhere else. Not to like hate on Los Angeles, you know, I, it does have great things about it, but now that my life has changed and I'm a mom and we have a family it's just not the ideal city for us mm. how do you feel how has the community functioned in terms of moms and um, entrepreneurship um, there are a lot of women here that own businesses that are mothers and so there's um, a, there are communities out there what I don't see enough of are you know um, designated groups that support each other, which I would love to see more of. I've, I've sort of talked about that with my husband about maybe creating a collective group where we kind of get together as women and support each other in the fitness world. But the fitness world is so competitive that it's really hard to kind of merge the two together because everybody kind of comes from a defensive place when it comes to fitness. You know, they're competing with each other and they, it's really hard to bring women together in that arena to kind of support each other. But, um, but in terms of moms, it's definitely out there. There are, you know, groups of women. We, we get together. We support each other. Um, we all have kids. We all try to come up with fun, creative things to do. Um, but in the, the arena of fitness, it's kind of challenging. <laughs> you know, I personally would love more support um, from fellow business owners that are in, in the fitness world. Interesting. Well, so tell us, uh, tell us what's next for you, Mimi, and what's next for Sweatshop and some things that you'd want your listeners here to know about. And then from there, where we can follow you and find you. So the Sweatshop is um, growing and expanding. We, are, um, we have two more locations in the works here in Los Angeles, and then we're, we're planning on expanding south and north within California. Um, 
we are also in talks of um, moving eastward, eastbound, and um, there's a lot of things going on right now and, and, and a lot of exciting things that I can't really announce yet because it's sort of in the works. But um, let's just say that um, people have responded to what we do and they want more of it in different areas of, of the country. So we're working on that. Um, and uh, we're also, we just took our merchandise to the, to the next level. We have a private label we just launched. So there's a lot of creative things going on right now within the sweatshop. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get myself out there more, at, you know, as a f- female business owner, as a mom, um, and let women know that it can be done. You can be a full-time, I consider myself a full-time mom and own a business. It's totally doable. You just need the support, you know, um, from friends and family, and you just need to believe in yourself. As, as cheesy as that may sound, it's true. <laughs> there are days where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I just want to, like, crawl into a, a closet and just hide. But uh, you just have to keep your eye on the prize and remember. Like, for me, I'm I'm lucky because I just have to look at my kids. I look at them, and then I remember instantly why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then I just got to keep going because it's for them. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's okay to have the moments when you want to crawl in the closet. Oh, it happens all the time. <laughs> we, we have to know that it's okay. Um, so how can we follow you and the sweatshop? Um, well, we have our website, um, which is thesweatshop.com. We're on social media platforms. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so you can find us on those websites. Um, you know, just uh, we go by the sweatshop. So if you Instagram, it's, uh, you know, backslash the sweatshop. Um, yeah, we're pretty easy to find. We're kind of in your face. <laughs> awesome. That's what we got to do nowadays. Anyway, Mimi, thank you so much for joining the Beyond Mom community and sharing your story. And um, I'm sure that those of us who are seeking inspiration to not only stay healthy and well, got some great tips, but also women out there who are juggling that desire to create something and be with their kids. Um, So you're a wonderful model for what it means to live that. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, again, for giving your time and your listening ear to another On Air with Beyond Mom podcast. I always appreciate your focus and your attention to these really important subjects because we we are moms, but we're so much more. And we always need that inspiration and those reminders. Thanks for listening. Have a great one.